Metu Netter Volume 2 Anuk Ausar, The Kemetic Initiation System, Chapter 5 The Spiritual Anatomy of Man and the Fundamentals of Spiritual Psychology, beginning on page 88. The Ninth Sphere Auset. The Ninth Sphere of the Tree of Life corresponds to man's learning faculty. A point that has eluded Western scholars is the learn is that learning is dependent on trance. In a met- mediumistic mode, it is characterized by a mental state of lack of discrimination, hence total receptivity. It involves a process of memorization or programming that is not limited to mental events but is extended to the animal spirit and physical body and their psychological and emotional functions, i.e. every established behavior is a memory since we cannot learn that is established any physical, emotional, or intellectual performance without trance and memory. It has been designated in the Canaanite Kabbalah as the foundation of the tree of life. The Western suspicion and misunderstanding of trance is the reason why it is not cultivated as a skill in the general population. This is the reason for the future of the majority of Westerners to develop their higher mental and spiritual faculties and their inability to effectively cope with and transcend their emotional dysfunctions. Were Westerners and enlightened people, we would see such courses in schools as trance 101, 102, etc., Most people think of trance as a phenomenon that is extraneous to our normal behavior. In fact, we will see that it is an essential and ever-present aspect of our being. According to the spiritual tradition, the uninitiated is in a perpetual state of trance with the elements, habitual ways of thinking, emoting, desiring capabilities that define his or her personality. Spiritual cultivation from this perspective is a process of detrancing or dehypnotizing consciousness away from the personality in order to reestablish the identity with the divine self. In other words, it is a process of awakening. The fact that the fact this process is the theme and title of the oldest book in the world, the Pert M. Ru, Becoming Awake, The idea is condensed in a host of symbols associated with this sphere and its complement, the first sphere. The moon has been made to correspond to the ninth sphere partially because of its association to the night, our time of sleep. As such, it is the symbol of trance and receptivity. In the Hindu system, it corresponds to tamas, which is the modality of energy responsible for a type of person who is said to be spiritually asleep. We must note that the ninth sphere and its association to the person and sleep is complementary to the first sphere, which opposes it with the self and I symbol of awakening. In using the tree of life as a tool for understanding life, we must pay close attention to its arrangement. It is not just a listing of faculties categorized from 0 to 10. There are special meanings to the trinities 1, 2, and 3, 4, 5, and 6, 7, 8, and 9, and especially 1, 6, and 9, the pentad 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8, the quaternary 
seven, eight, nine, and 10. The pillars, five and eight, and four and seven. The configuration, two, five, and eight, and three, four, and seven. And the complementaries, zero and 10, one and nine, two and eight, three and seven, four and six, and the uncomplemented, five. In this scheme, the ninth sphere corresponds to a period from infancy to age 14, which is dominated by the learning faculty. We spend most of this time in a state of trance, which for lack of what to compare it to, we conclude it is the normal waking state. We never fully transcend this state in adult life unless we go through a deliberate process of awakening. This is the function of the initiations and rites of passage so prevalent in African societies. One of the most important lessons learned through this faculty is the idea of who we think we are. Through this faculty, we identify with the temperament of the physical body, i.e. we identify ourselves as the Venusian or cold slash moist or artistic type person, etc. This process of identification is an essential attribute of the indiscriminate imitative function of trance. It manifests as a strong urge to follow. A common expression of the urge to follow is our inclination to follow the lead of the physical body's emotional and sensual manifestations. Another is a well-known need for role models. While in Western societies, this urge has been answered with the concept of providing exemplary people, fictional heroes, etc., as role models. The African concept is based on the recognition that buried within the spirit of everyone are intelligences that hold the blueprint for the correct expression of each personality type. The Western approach is flawed by the fact that we can never know how the role model marshaled all aspects of the mind and psyche to overcome the obstructions to success. The African approach is based on the fact that within everyone are intuitive functions that can be activated by everyone to gain guidance for the correct expression of our natal personality. For example, rather than seek to emulate great men like Gandhi and Dr. King, we would seek following the African approach to discover which inner shaping forces of personalities were responsible for their attainments and awaken those within ourselves that they may guide us in the same manner. In this context, the achievements of people besides serving as great fountains of inspiration will serve as examples of the expressions of specific principles residing within each of us. If Dr. King's great accomplishment in life resulted from working of the solar or Heru principle within him, and my natal personality corresponds to Heru, then Dr. King's biography can serve as a guide to understanding the inner principle shaping my personality. Place a Venusian type in a solar or Heru type in the same situation, and they will meet it with all different set of inner faculties. For Dr. King's life is truly serve as a model for me that which responds to challenges from without and within must be the same faculty. The, the true guidance, however, can only come from within. As these 
as these intuitive centers of the personality are aspects of netter styled themselves as aspects of netter they are called netterer netteru which have been translated as deities demigods angels orishas etc for this reason many kamau style styled themselves as incarnations of a particular deity the practice is followed in many other parts of africa the yorubas of nigeria refer to people as a as children of a particular orisha an important part of their spiritual initiation system involved the expansion of the functions of these personality intelligences thus the person was initiated into this or that orisha the same was the kamau the canaanite the people of indus kush etc we will later see that the trance process of awakening the powers within to seek guidance among other purposes in the essence of worship as the forces awakened are different aspects of netter from the highest to the lowest the african takes god as his or her role model and guide in taking humans as their models westerners can be said to worship man above god at best it is a contradiction to their claim of worshiping god born of ignorance and at worst it is an atheistic position what is most important to us at this point is the realization that all of these functions correspond to the outset faculty at the ninth sphere of the tree of life. We noted earlier that the 10th sphere corresponds to the R complex and limbic brain centers, which are the chief mediators of the animal functions of our being. At a later point in evolution, nature introduces a higher brain center to serve as mediator of mental and intellectual activities. This is the cerebral cortex. A distinctive feature of this brain structure is its division into two hemispheres, one for each of our two most dominant modes of perceiving and thinking about the world. The left hemisphere corresponds to verbal thinking and aural perception, while the right side is visual. What concerns us at this point is the fact that the ninth sphere faculty corresponds to the lowest point of unification of these two hemispheres. However, it is wholly visual with accounts for about 80% or more of its mode of function. We can deduct this from the fact that memory, one of its chief functions, works best with what is seen than what is heard. This information will gain great importance in later chapters when we turn to using this information in a particular manner. Mediation, for example, which aims in inducing trance to everyone, inducing trance to overcome a bad habit, enhance performance, establish behavior patterns, and so on, depends primarily on visual or verbal thinking. Parts of the brain and the tree of life. Part of the brain, reptilian, spear 10. Part of the brain, mammalian, spheres 10. Cortex, 1 to 9. Spheres of the brain and the tree. Lower spheres, left audio, 8. Center audio visual, 9. 
right visual seven, upper spheres, left audio five, center visual six and one, right visual four. Note that the second sphere is visual in its perception, but verbal in its actions. The third sphere is verbal in its perceptions, but project images in its mode of action, but projects images in its mode of action. This is shown in the crossover correspondences of spheres two to five and eight and three to four and seven. Further note that the sounds dealt with by the third sphere are not communication symbols, but vehicles of function, i.e. it is the use of words as vehicles of power and not of meaning. The words manifested by the second sphere, although they are vehicles of meaning, these meanings do not derive from the conventions set up by men, but are inherent to the relationship between a word of power and the things it creates. The A-sphere, Sebek. The A-sphere of the tree of life corresponds to the lower functions of the left side of the brain. It is the faculty that is in charge of giving verbal expression to our perceptions, knowledge, feelings, and conceptions of reality based on external communications. It is very, its very nature is shaped by the characteristics of the medium it is intended for sound in opposition to visual percepts, the totality of which are perceived instantaneously, a rule, subjects, a sentence, paragraph, etc., are taken in over time. The left side of the brain, therefore, takes in reality as pieces of verbal information and thus breaks the world into an infinite array of separate and isolated symbols. It gives names to things, defines, and describes them. The most important point about this faculty concerns is dominion over the perception and thinking of most people from age 14 to 28 and will go beyond unless it is transcended through initiation. It is the source of the greatest problems in the world because of the life of the spiritually immature. It masquerades as the faculty of knowing whenever we want or need to know it in interposes a verbal symbol, a name or definition between us and the reality we are seeking to know. The spiritually immature confesses this reception of information with knowing and the grasping of this information with understanding and the most damaging of these misunderstandings as well as we see later see about God without knowing God, hearing about religion and democracy and so on, and knowing what these things really are. The biggest problem is that in most cases, these definitions and conceptions do not match the realities they represent. They are the myths, illusions, and slogans that are slogans that are the source of self-imposed imprisonment and self-destruction of the lives of people. Can I love? Can love, for example, be the highest expression of selflessness and at the same time, the expression of selfish, sensual gratification? Even when the idea accurately denote reality, they can never take the place 
of experiencing the reality itself. The difference, let's say the place of experiencing the reality itself, the difference, let's say, between reading about God and experiencing that part of our being that reflects God's essential attributes, Amen and Ausar, are incredible. It is a great irony that while the expert in logical manipulation of these verbal units of thought, definitions, and names is characterized as a good thinking, the host of definitions will make up the foundation contribution the foundation of the belief system within a society a great symbol pool of formulas that discourage thinking this is why we can have such a widely held contradictions as the coexistence of the idea that man is an animal and at the same time the calm the claim that there are four kingdoms i.e. if there is an animal then he must be a number of the animal kingdom yielding thoughts yielding thus three and not four kingdoms and you don't need a doctorate to figure this out all you need to do is stop hearing your way through life start seeing we will see that before we can set up institutions to effectively guide society we must clearly answer the question as to what mankind of being we are are we animal human or etc your answer will determine the character and direction at your institution of family government economic struggle uh, for liberation etc will take place and here ends the reading on page 94 chapter 5 the spiritual anatomy of man and the fundamentals of spiritual psychology